0: Welcome to the What She Said podcast. My name is Candace Sampson. I am currently in the middle of divorce proceedings, working towards my psychology degree, dating for the first time in 20 years, raising three teenage girls, a senior dog, and two guinea pigs. And in the middle of all this, I thought it would be a good time to buy the What She Said media property. What could possibly go wrong? I've been in the trenches with women across Canada for over a decade now, oversharing on the Yummy Mummy Club, Life in Pleasantville, and on all my social media pages. And I totally do it for the gram. And now I'm coming to you on the radio at 1059 the region and on this podcast. Apparently, I have a lot to say. So let's get rolling. Not many people enter parenthood blindly. We all know that it's a full-time job when we decide to have children. But this pandemic, man, it's made the pre-COVID full-time role of parenting look like a cakewalk. Now, parents can't catch a break anywhere. We're working from home, schools are closed, camps are canceled, and even weekly girls' nights out and book clubs can't give us a reprieve in the age of physical distancing. Then there are the parents out there doing this all alone. Yikes. It's enough to push any sane adult to the breaking point. So I thought it would be a good time to offer parents a little reset and a calming presence. So lock yourself in a closet, hide in the shed, or sneak into the bathroom for the next half hour to listen to the excellent and remarkably non judgmental advice from my next guests, Julie Friedman Smith. And Gail Bell of Parenting Power. Hi ladies, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It's great to have you. So I feel like, you know, parents now are at home with their kids 24-7, they're working from home, their kids aren't in school, summer camp is canceled. It's sort of, you just can't catch a break from it. (laughs) Uh, you know, uh, and I realize that most parents are aware they signed up for a full-time job when they became parents, but particularly now, it's it's amplified. For um, sure. So maybe maybe it's a good time to talk about like how we can reset, maybe um, the atmosphere in our homes and how we parent. So let's start with you said the secret is not reacting in the moment.
1: That's right. So this is Julie. Uh, it's. It's really so easy for us to get caught up. And as you said, because we're on duty all the time now, or it can feel that way, certainly, um, everything is, for, for, for many families, everything is just slightly heightened. And so things that might not have bothered us before now may be, Gail likes to call it, it's a, it was a parenting itch, and now it's become a rash. <laughs> and the moment something happens, we just automatically explode or... Perhaps overreact. And so one of the things that we really encourage families to do is to or parents to do is to not react in the moment. So that's really easy to say and a little bit harder to do. But the tool that we always suggest for this is to just have one word that you're going to go to. So my go to word is wow. So if I walk into a situation or if somebody's getting on my nerves or something, the very first thing I'd say rather than, oh my gosh, why are you doing this? You know we're not supposed to, or you're at your sister again, or whatever it is, like wow, and then I shut my mouth <laughs> for just a moment. And creating that space really allows the difference between saying something that you don't want to say and planning a slightly more thoughtful response. Because right. It's, nothing,
0: that, it's that moment in between the, the action and the reaction exactly. that you want to pause and think about right now. And yes, you're, you're right. It, it's easier said than done. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to bed and said, oh, I wish I'd reacted differently in that moment. Uh, because you just it's it, it feels like um, there's a lot of pressure. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's probably what it is. There's a lot of pressure. So I really like that go-to word that you refer here to here. And it doesn't have to be a wow.
1: It could be hmm or it could be whew, just a sigh. And the other thing that's important, if you're planning on doing this, let your kids know because <laughs> if you suddenly just start saying wow, 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 they're going to wonder what has happened to you. Have you finally gone off the deep end? So it's just a helpful way to put that pause in because then you can lead with things like with with the word I. I notice this. I'm seeing this. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And when we then lead with the word I, we're not blaming with the word you. You always do this. You never do that. So that that's just something to keep in your back pocket. We always hope that we're not going to react, but if we don't plan what we are going to say, we tend to fall back into those patterns that are there. And then the real learning can happen. The real problem solving can happen. The logical conversation can happen when everybody's in a more calm moment. But it's in those heightened moments that that one word is going to buy us some time to not react.
0: I'm curious, did you, so that, you know, that wow that you use, is that, is that a tool that you actually shared with your children to use as well?
1: Well, what Gail and I always say is that kids live what they learn and learn what they live. So they tend to pick that up. I'm just trying to think whether my kids use it all that often. And they might have picked it up. But quite frankly, the only behavior I can control is my own. And that's what we share with parents as much as we can. So if we want things to go more smoothly in our family, the place to start is with us as parents. And that's really the very first place we can start.
0: Okay. So Gail, you talk about visual clarity.
2: Right, right. So a lot of these um, reactions in the moment, what were you thinking? What were you doing? Uh, Doves come back to our responsibility as parents of not really communicating clear enough before our expectations and logical and natural consequences based on children's choices after we've really been clear Um, as parents, on what's going to happen. And yes, kids, we can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and we don't want to be talking all the time, especially in the moment, because most of the time they're not listening to us. So Julie and I coach around the question, why won't my kids listen to me all the time? All right. So, yes. So, communication is clear. Communication is key. uh, Communication needs to be clear, and communication is the key in all relationships, whether it's a a family relationship, a business relationship, any relationship. So, specifically with children, they need visuals. And honestly, right um, right up into the teen years, this helps. For the little ones, especially, because time's very abstract. You can say tomorrow, and they're like, so you sure can't say in an hour or two. They, they have no idea. So that's not very fair to them. We're not being very clear to them. So as a parent, if we take time to make sure that what we're communicating is in a visual for them, and specifically at this time, at, at these... Uh, you know, extraordinary times that we're living through right now. The most important thing that parents need to do um, to have some calmness in their home and some consistency in their home is to create that family schedule. And there may be f- a few family schedules. There may be the child's schedule, so each child may have a schedule. Um, a The parent may have a schedule that then they share with the child, and then there may be a family schedule. But it needs to be written down, and it needs to be visual. We are setting kids up for success. Schedules and routines make kids feel safe. So if they wake up every day not knowing how the day looks or what are the expectations of them, potentially that's when the arguments and stress builds because it's like, why are you on your iPad? It's eight ten shouldn't you be doing schoolwork? That's not clear, kind communication versus so,
0: I'm curious. You're, sorry. you you say, uh, so the, the schedule obviously is, does this have to be like a physical? Yeah. It can't be online. Uh, that's another screen for kids. Right. And <laughs> that's what I wanted to clarify that. Uh, you know, because my kids are teens, you know, their whole life revolves around that. Um, the, the screen essentially, I, I don't even, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if mine would, um, how they would feel about an online, uh, or sorry, a tactile uh, calendar to look at, but probably worth a try.
2: (laughs) And if they're teens, you can say, did you want to, did you want to take the first go at that and schedule your day and bring it to our family meeting and we can go over that? Or did you want me to do it? um, But it's going to get done. Um, and that we're finding, you know, schools did away with the paper agendas, and now they're finding that that is not effective. That is not – kids cannot look at a screen and manage their time. They need to hold and see it on a piece of paper. Oh, I think every there's a sec- broader
0: dis- 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 discussion to yeah. sure Adults can manage that <laughs> screen. <laughs> you know, it, it really is that it pulls your attention in a million different ways when you're on uh, the screen, whereas if you're looking at just one you know, book or one piece of paper, that's where your focus is. But there's too many places to look, obviously, online. So uh, yeah. that's probably a broader discussion. Um, but you, I, you mentioned a family meeting.
1: <laughs> so We're big fans of family meetings. I was going to say, it, you can only talk to Gail Bell for so long before the words family meeting come out.
0: <laughs> I, I like this. I like this. So is this, uh, is this something that you do in your family daily, weekly? Ideally, weekly. Ideally. Um,
2: definitely not daily because that becomes a nag session, okay? And they're a positive thing. They're not a negative thing. It's not get to the table. We've got something to talk about. And again, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record, but they don't work if they're not consistent, So that's a time when you come together as a family. It doesn't matter when it is. If you're together uh, Tuesday mornings, then maybe that's when yours is. Ours, as the Bell family, are Sundays, usually late Sunday afternoon, sometimes Sunday after dinner, but it's not the ideal time where everybody goes over the agenda for the week. Everybody knows what's expected of them. We talk about things that went really well this week, and then we talk about itches that happened that we need to work together as a team. And then you make a plan with your children, how that's going to look versus telling them what to do. How are we going to deal with this problem versus you're a bad kid. You're not doing this. Let's talk about this and make a plan around it.
0: So are you, both of you, are you talking to a lot of parents right now uh, in isolation? What are, what are sort of some of the common threads that you're, you're hearing about? I think
1: the, the family meeting thing has come up we 've always talked about this. We have an ebook all about the family meeting and how to make it work. So that is something that has come back into play because for we 've talked to some families who are loving this. quite frankly, there are some families who are finding that this is a, a great time they 're finding. I coached a woman yesterday who said I would have had no clue that my ten year old daughter is, was struggling so much in her uh, bilingual program. She really needs to go back to English for next year. It is way better for her. She said, I just wasn't on top of what was going on for my kids' learning, and now I have a much better understanding. So there are some families who are really enjoying this. There are some families who are enjoying it and being driven crazy by it. It's, it's, a, it's a new thing for us to figure out. So, but often these same arguments that we're having over and over again, and that has gone up for many families that we've talked to, can be solved, as Gail just mentioned, by dealing with them during a family meeting because going back to what i talked about at the beginning if you're if it's driving you crazy and you're yelling at your kid and you're nagging at them and they don't care cuz they're trying to do something else that's not the time to solve the problem but if everybody knows that we're coming together to work on this together it's not we're putting it all on that one child we're working on a plan together then it becomes so it, it's just such a different thing kids become problem solvers because they see themselves as problem solvers because we're seeing them that way as well. And as you mentioned, this can be tricky for teens. If you've never done this with your teen or any of these things, it's something new, it's something fresh, and it's something to try as a family. So it's not going to go perfectly the first time, and that's okay because that's also modeling to our teens that, or to all of our kids, that when something doesn't work well, we give it our shot, our best shot, we, we come with effort, and if it's not working well, we come back and we work it mm-hmm. as a team, and, and over time, we can work to find the way that's going to work for our family.
0: I like that you say that there's hope uh, to bring your teens to the table, oh, sure. uh, because I think a lot of parents would probably be listening to this thinking, oh, well, you know, we've hit. 14, 15, where kids are naturally rebellious, they're naturally pushing back against authority, Um, maybe there's no hope. So it sounds Mm -hmm. like there actually is a great amount of hope for people to bring their teens to the table to have these discussions, these ongoing discussions with their teens.
2: Yeah, teens want to connect with their parents just as much as anybody, any other age child does. So a very, a very specific example for this would be, and Julie and I hear this all the time, is the fight over screen time. So when you come together as a family and discuss when they can have screen time versus fighting about taking it away, you're, you're telling them they can have screen time. Absolutely. Screens are part of our kids' life. They always have been and they always will be. But you also chat and discuss around when, where, what, right? And who are they talking to? So you set, that's a parent's responsibility to set the boundaries around that. But it's not that they can't have it. And if a child that's 15 says, I think I can have my computer time before I get my schoolwork done, you might say, okay, let's try it for a week. And if you can have that responsibility, great. But if your schoolwork's not done by and you say a certain time, then that's not gonna work for our family. Then we're gonna flip it the next week. So it's that
0: ongoing open discussion. You're not shutting them down. You're working with them. Okay. So that ebook, I just want to uh, come back to this point. You you have an ebook available about the family meeting. It's on, it's on your website. It is. And we can send you the link and, and um, yep. I don't have it right here, but I'll send it to you afterwards and you can add it. Okay. In. Okay. Excellent. Um, so one of the other things we have here is you have a, I can do list.
1: <laughs> That's right. So this is helpful. This has been helpful for families over the time when school is going on. And, as we are switching towards summer, (laughs) we're really going to need this list. This this is something that can be done in a family meeting. This is, is something that you could be doing when you're sitting around with your kids or have them do it if your kids are older and wanting to do it on their own and just bring it to you what can I do? What can I do? What are the things I want to do? So on that list, you might ask your kids to go through all those things that are up at the top of their closet that they got for Christmas two years ago, and they thought they were going to play with it, but they didn't. Or what are the games I love to play? What are the art projects I want to do? The stories I want to write? Um, The things I want to create? You know, maybe maybe your child is hoping to be a music producer or wants to play with sounds and and spend some time doing that, make a list of things that they can do because then when they come and say, I'm bored, you can say, that sounds pretty normal, check your list. Or when you're sitting at the family meeting or even in the beginning of the day when you're especially for young kids, if you think about kids in preschool or daycare or the early grades, the the beginning of their day is, this morning we're going to do this, the second we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, and lastly we'll do this. So if you have younger kids, you might want to start the day by just reviewing what's happening on that schedule. That's an opportunity to say, so this is a time that you're going to do something from your can-do list. And with younger children, it doesn't have to be only with words. If your kids can't read yet, have have pictures, take little pictures and put them up, or do something so that they can understand the list. Because ultimately what we're doing here, moms and dads feel like they have so much responsibility right now. There's so much on their shoulders. And part of the reason for that is because we're taking on all the responsibility, sometimes more than we need to. So at Parenting Power, we always encourage families to say, what am I doing for my child that he or she could be doing for himself or herself?
0: Oh, believe Just, me, I, I have been, I, I spent many too many years being misfix It. I rushed in to fix it and it, it, that came back to bite me, believe me. So I <laughs> understand that that's not what you want to do. Uh, I can totally attest to that. So right. I really like this idea of the I can do list and, you know, um, creating that team environment where everybody's shouldering the, shouldering the responsibility of what needs to be done in a household to keep it running. Exactly. And start small. Start. Yes. Okay. And I like, though, but for, young, for parents who, who now have young kids, now is really the time to start that, right? To start that young. And, 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 it, and also it empowers the child, I would think. Yep. Yes. And
1: it's never too young. It's never too, it's never too late to start, as you said earlier. If you haven't done this, if you're thinking about this, but like, this morning I washed a bowl for my 21-year-old daughter. Why did I do that? Well, I kind of did it to help out because she was things were going on. So, there's nothing wrong with helping out our kids, but when we're constantly doing something for our child that they could be doing for themselves, what our actions are saying is you're not capable of doing this. And that beats them down. We want our kids to feel that they can contribute, they do have purpose, and that they are a contributing part of the family. So the more that we can give them ways to do that, the better it is for them and for all of us.
0: So I think a big one right now is, uh, you know, my teens have become nocturnal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we hear during,
1: that a lot right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm mostly kind of not too upset about it. Um, you know, the, I'm sort of picking my battles uh, as long as they're getting the required amount of sleep, frankly, is, is what I really like to be seeing. Um, but tell me how you are talking to parents about sleep and, and quiet time.
2: Sure, sleep is really important. The American Pediatric Association put sleep in front of food for the development of the brain. So, on the one hand, you're right. There are sleep guidelines that parents can search on on the pediatric website. Um, Sleep before midnight is has a you know any coach. We'll tell an athlete, sleep before midnight is worth twice after midnight. It's just the way our brain works. So if you go to bed at 2 in the morning and you get up at 11, that's not the same nine hours for your brain development. It's just not. Parents need to be very responsible um, and know that that their screens are not in the bedroom at night because kids will be on them. It's just how it works with them. So screens can't be in the bedroom. Sleep's hugely important for everyone because it gives you patience the next day. Um, So sleep is just as important for parents. Parents need to be modeling what they want their kids to learn. So, you know, parents, screens in the bedroom, No. Right? Why, you don't need them. And the big excuse is, I need an alarm clock. Go to Walmart and buy
0: an <laughs> alarm clock. I haven't used an alarm clock in years. I just wake up. My my what? internal clock wakes me up, so I don't need an alarm yeah, clock. Uh, unless, of course, I'm traveling. I need to get up at 3 in the morning or something like that. But, yeah, um, I agree with you on that. The alarm clock one is an easy uh, fix. <laughs> on that. Yeah, that's um, but right. what do you mean by quiet time then? Cuz that is quite right. separate from sleep obviously.
2: You're right. And we even encourage parents not to use the word nap time with little ones because we can't make our kids sleep, right? So quiet time is is probably more important now than ever and for sure during the summer. So any time when we're with each other all the time um, it's It's really beneficial to have time away from each other, and this doesn't mean more screen time, not that they don't get screen time, but everybody just finds their own space and it might be in their bedroom to lie on their bed look at look at the ceiling, and if they're young, they probably will fall asleep right. But when you separate each other, um, let's say after lunch for an hour or, you know, if you've never done it with little ones, maybe you start at 20 minutes or a half an hour and every everyone is much more eager to get back together when they've had a break from each other. So quiet time is really important when we're all together all the time. So that is a strategy we usually, um, you know, share with parents for summertime, but right now we're all together. So we would really encourage parents to put in a quiet time and parents need to take that too. Is there a
0: specific amount of time that you recommend or is that sort of, it could be fluid? It could be fluid. I mean,
2: sometimes when you start, start small again. I mean, if you have a teenager, you can say you need to just go and most teens do don't want to be near, we're near you anyway. <laughs> that's true, but they want to be on a screen, and that's not quiet time for your brain. And you don't get creative when you're on a screen, right? So we know that when kids are bored or human beings are born bored or have nothing to do, that's when their brain starts to get creative, and we're missing that creative time. We, we use a computer 70 per, 78% of the time for consumption, right, versus creativity, So not to say we don't use it creatively, all of us are using it creatively right now, but it's just that non-screen time. Um, I think we're all having effects of looking at a a Zoom camera way too much during the day, right? Um, It's got its benefits, but we just have to monitor how much we're doing that. So quiet time's great. And parents should take that as well because it fills their vessels as well. Not to do the laundry, you know, not just... Take some time. Maybe just sit for 30 minutes and sip a cup of tea. Right. I, love,
0: I, I love that. That's, that's, you know, I feel that you know, I, I'm the worst for quiet time because I will always say, what else could I be doing? I'm like mm-hmm. that too. If I'm not working, I could be studying. If I'm not studying, I could be reading a book. If, if I'm not, and you know, so I always feel like there's something I could be doing. And that taking that time to sit still and not do anything, I equate it to almost... A waste of time whereas I should be looking at it as really um, a really good use of my time that's right being kind to yourself which is leads us right into our next point
1: right and and you can read during that time it's not that you must stare at the ceiling for 60 minutes <laughs> or stare at the inside of your eyeballs that has value also but It's just this idea that it's not this external stimulation that's pounding into your head because so much of our time spent on screens, our bodies may be relaxing, we're lying on our bed, we're lying on a couch, but our brains are being stimulated. Um, So what this is, is it's a different It's letting that high stimulation go. If you're reading a book, you're starting to picture the pictures on your own. You're imagining what's happening. You're thinking about the characters and you're expanding your brain in a very different way than if you're just watching a movie because the pictures are provided for you in the movie and the soundtrack is provided for you. So getting back to being kind to yourself, this is one way that we can do that. Now, we are hearing from so many parents that are trying to juggle working from home and being with their kids. And... It somehow feels like it's also fallen on the parents' shoulders to entertain their children. And so one of the ways that we can be kind to ourselves is, uh, as Gail mentioned earlier, it's about creating that schedule. It's about knowing how your time is going to be used and taking the time to teach that to your kids as well. So letting them know when you're available and when you're not. And making sure that what you're scheduling for them to do when you're not there, and perhaps if you've got two parents in the home and you can juggle that and one parent is with the kids while one parent is working and then you switch, brilliant, but that doesn't always happen. So on those times where you know that the adults in the home need to be focused on something else, please don't plan that to be the time that you set for your child to be doing all the chores that they hate to do or or things that they don't like. That's the time where you're setting them up to do something that they can do on their own. And if they've never done that before, you might need to start small again and have them play independently or do these things independently for a short amount of time and then build up on that and save those things where you need to be holding them accountable for when you can be there. But also in your schedule, schedule in time For yourself to not be responsible for anybody else and if that can only happen for 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the afternoon or whatever it is schedule it in and let kids know because what you're doing there is you're giving yourself some downtime so that you can recoup and then bring your best self to whomever it is your work or your children Um, but also you're modeling for your kids that it's okay to ask for that time for yourself and, and to look after oneself because kids live what they learn. And if they see p- parents working themselves to death and feeling frustrated and sighing, oh, poor me, I never get anything the way I want it, that's the language they're going to incorporate. When they see parents taking care of themselves, being aware of what they need, getting the exercise they need, setting alarm to maybe to remind them to go to bed instead of to wake up, then kids learn that it's important to take care of ourselves because we all deserve that respect.
0: And I would just want to, you know, jump in a little bit because I feel like right now the pressure on parents is enormous, uh, with, you know, job security, uh, we've got, you know, civil unrest, uh, coronaviruses, it, it it really is just all encompassing the stress right now. Mm-hmm. And so those moments that you say to take to breathe <laughs> and mm-hmm. feel not responsible for anybody, I think is more important than ever, um, particularly for parents who are shouldering the, the bulk of parenting alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Definitely. That that's gotta be something that's that's crucial, I think, to their mental health right now. That's right. And For so sure.
1: so part of what we could I was thinking about this today because I was thinking about those parents before we came on. And because it's getting because we know it's so long term, I think initially when we all went into this, it's kind of like, okay, well let's give it our best go. <laughs> and now we're we've some of us have been beaten down a little bit and <laughs> we're frustrated because we're frustrated with ourselves as parents because maybe we could be doing a better job and we're frustrated with our kids. And, and really, it's just accentuating problems that might have already been there, but now they're staring us in the face. So wh- what's the big deal here? The, the point is that maybe in the long term, there are some, assistant, some people who could help us out. Maybe there's a grandparent who could read your kids' stories for half an hour over Zoom Maybe there 's a child that lives down the street who you might not trust to babysit your kids if you weren 't there, but perhaps if you can make an arrangement with someone and I know it's it 's difficult with deciding who 's coming into your house, but maybe you make an arrangement with with a, a person to be there to be with your kids, a young child um, because you 're in the home if something violently dangerous happens you 're there, but that can be there and to and to give you a little bit of a rest so thinking outside the box about that those kinds of things may be a way to, to buy yourself a little bit of downtime.
0: Okay. So if people want to find you and, and um, you know, well, let's start with your podcast. Where can they find your podcast?
1: So our Real Life Parenting Podcast is available anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you do. And you can also find us on our website, parentingpower.ca. Uh, we're on all the social media uh, platforms at Parenting Power. And we'd love to have parents check in with us and, and follow our blog and, and communicate also to us about how we can best be of help because we believe that there's more than one right way to parent and we always want to help parents to find
0: theirs. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies. This was great. Thanks, Kenneth. Thank you.